Welcome to Women Winning at Work podcast. My name is Barka Herman. I interview women with successful careers in tech. Please like and share this episode and podcast, and do reach out to me if you or someone you know would like to be featured on my podcast. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Barka Herman. And now, without delay, please enjoy this episode. So we're getting started. Uh, we're back. Uh, this is um, Women Winning at Work with Barca Herman. And today I have a very special guest, um, Jessica Callahan. Jessica is a program manager. And Jessica, I'm going to invite you to describe what you do because you'll do more justice to it than I will. And, and of course, at Microsoft. So go ahead, Jessica. Thank you for the introduction. It's really nice to be here with you and to be able to discuss um, some great topics today. So right now I'm a program manager too. I work in the Azure Global Mission Platform space. And what I do there is, um, you know, it's a little bit of everything. You're kind of program managing, you're understanding the techs, you're kind of a little bit of a tech PM, but you're really understanding for the customer um, how to make their AirGap cloud secure and make sure that the people that are working on the AirGap cloud are secure and that we run on trust like Microsoft always talks about. So that's where I work. I wonder, work under Eric Brown as my VP. Um, Tom Keen is the president. And um, I've been here since January 2020. So it's just really oh, exciting time. You're not, you're not a, a, you know, a long-term veteran at Microsoft. But uh, for, for the audience, uh, can you tell me what AirGap is? Because, I, I mean, you and I know it, and we kind of sure. fall into this lingo. <laughs> yeah, so um, really uh, an, air-gapped, an air-gapped cloud is um, is a – a network and servers and everything that are clustered together with a you know group of services and products and software um, to create an environment for you know a sole customer or client where their data is safe and secure. They can call to it, access it, store it where they need to. It's scalable, so depending on how much data need you may need, you can go up and down, which is very helpful for the consumer um, as far as understanding prices and where they want to go as they build their business. But it really is a, a holistic approach to the internet and storage and enterprise businesses. Um, really having their data secure, which is you know paramount nowadays with everything going on in the world and and the way cyber moves so quickly. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. So wonderful. And um, so I I know you because of a infamous email chain that went around, and I was so impressed by your background. So I do know a little bit about it, but I'm going to let you speak on it. I'm not going to speak on it, but. So tell me about your uh, origin story. So this is like my favorite part. So tell me <laughs> how you ended up here. All right. So um, if I start talking too much, round me back on track. Okay, Barca. But, um, <laughs> Not at all. No such thing. <laughs> my origin story started probably about, gosh, when the age of, of 12, I was um, living with my grandparents in the Pacific Northwest. Um 
you know, I, I grew up here, I say. I graduated high school. I always knew I wanted to be um, of service. I grew up, you know, kind of really looking at my grandfather who served in the Navy as a hero. Um, you know, unfortunately, I joined the military um, as a U.S. Army soldier, so he wasn't, you know, super happy about that, but he loved that I was serving. So from all of my sisters and brothers and cousins, I was the only one that went to serve, um, you know, at that time as we grew up. Uh, I spent over 20 years in the military. I had um, really interesting positions. Um, let's see. The origin of the military, though, is, is really interesting. I graduated high school. Okay. And then I had my oldest son that year. Wow. After. So I was a young um, single parent. I, um, you know, had to put the, the join the military on hold for a year to raise my um, my one year old son with my uh, I was married to my high school sweetheart at that time. Um, okay. So I uh, I went off, you know, when he was a year old and I, I went to basic training. I, I joined the military. You know, I used the the time away from him, which was agonizing as a way to, if I just get through this, um, this two mile run faster, Christopher will be at the finish line waiting for me, you know, like mental games to like, you know, build yourself up to accomplish things, you know, when you're going through, you know, times where you need to build resiliency. So 19, um, in the army with a one year old, uh, my, my husband at that time that, you know, my, my son's dad, um, did not want to, uh, to move away and, and live that life. So we, um, we ended up separating and divorcing. So I ended up in Hawaii all by myself at my first duty station with my one year old, uh, in 1998. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of, I look back on that time and I wonder how did I get from, you know, there to here in my life. And it's been so amazing. I've had, you know, such amazing experiences growing up in the military and learning who I was, finding other women and promoting them. And there's not a lot of us in the military. I ended up in um, the special operations community for most of my career, which has an even smaller amount of women in it. Yes. Um, I ended up getting remarried to my best friend. Uh, have another son that's um, that's uh, gonna be 21 this December. They're both welding. Um, so yeah, so I had to juggle things, you know, in in my career with trying to figure out, you know, how um, like we were talking about earlier, how to get to be be the best I can be at work in a very competitive and no fail, you know, job, you know, deployments where I've had to fly my children out to grandparents and roll them in school, you know, yeah. for six months to fly back and re-enroll them back in school. So I look back on that. I'm like, how did I do that? Well, we didn't have a choice. You had to do it, you know, as women and mothers. So, um, yeah. yeah. So you you bring up some interesting uh, things, and you you definitely have, and I I do want to hear how you got from military to Microsoft in a minute, but I do want to touch on something that you talked about. Now, you you got pregnant after high school, you had your child, Mm -hmm. and then you had to walk away from the child to do your basic training and all this stuff, and in a lot of books, that would be considered failures, but you're not looking at it as failures. So talk to me a little bit about that. What, you know, what comes yeah. to mind? Yeah, so, you know, um, it wasn't my plan to get pregnant, as, you know, a lot of us young ladies find that happening. Um, and uh, I didn't want to ever have children growing up, so I was like, oh, I have this surprise, you, you know. Yeah, the surprise happening, and what can I do to make, you know, make my dreams come true, but also those aren't, those aren't a priority anymore, really, you know, it's making a life for my son. Um, 
so I got to kind of do two in one. I got to join the military and serve, which I wanted to do, but I also got to make a really great life and a really great start in life for him by doing that at the same time. Um, it really helped me get my feet under me. Um, it was incredibly difficult, you know, you know, basic training is two months. And then my particular job in the Intel community was another eight months of training. So mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to see him that entire time. Um, I could call, though. So that did help bridge those gaps. We didn't have FaceTime or those things uh, back then. I'm dating myself, but it, it did help. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, no, that's difficult. And, you know, that's uh, I remember this one time when my kids were little and I was in in the Internet, like very early on. uh during the internet phase, my kids were little and one day, you know, and they grew up with internet in the house, right? Yeah. Um, so they don't know a world without internet. And I, yeah. I remember one time they asked me, what kind of games did you play when you were growing up? And I was, uh, I told them, oh, we didn't have internet. And they just looked so sad for me. And they <laughs> kind of came over and gave me a hug. And I was like, you don't understand. Nobody had it. It's not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not I wasn't a victim, but yeah. So I, I, I totally relate. So that's, that's wonderful. So funny finding ourselves in that age gap where we remember what it was like to like go out and play hide and seek and stuff and not have the internet. And then, but we also are, you know, in tech and we can understand it and use it. So it's yeah. such an interesting compare and contrast from those yeah. times. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I live in a great time because we saw so much change. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no, but I'd love to hear more. Um, so, you know, you, um, you did 22 years in the, the U.S. Army, which mm-hmm. is amazing, and intelligence community, and especially special ops community. That's that's very impressive, and I'd love to hear stories about it. But let's talk about how you ended up at Microsoft and what was that journey. Yeah, so my journey to Microsoft, it started um, pretty uh, close to the end of my military career. I want to say about three years out, I really – tried to take some time and um, my kids were a little bit older, a little more self-sufficient. So I was like, I need to finish my bachelor's degree. So I, uh, my path really was um, spurred through my bachelor's degree at University of Arizona. I um, got a bachelor's of applied science in organizational leadership. But a lot of the cases um, that we studied about great business models and great cultures and building of teams centered around current Microsoft stories, like current in the last 10 years um, and how far, you know, Microsoft has come, what they do for the world and the communities that they, you know, live in. And I grew up in um, Port Orchard, Washington, right across the, you know, Puget Sound from Seattle area. And I knew um, the whole time I was in the military that I wanted to get back to the West Coast, you know, where I grew up and go camping and just I loved it here. Um, so my road to Microsoft started back then with me really finding out and learning a lot about Microsoft and what they do. And I really am passionate about culture. So I really wanted to come somewhere where I could, you know, see it and have an impact on it and be a part of it. Um, and so about a year out, I applied almost every day to every Microsoft job I could find that fit my skills and experiences. I'm just super excited to, to try and get my foot in the door. And then it finally happened for me in December of 2019, a year yeah, later. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's such an inspirational story. And so this is what I tell people always is that, you know, um, my favorite story is um, you can't give up after the first failure. You have to try. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember, um, you know, I, I, I like to paint as a hobby. And I, I remember um, my husband meeting 
talking to, you know, taking me to talk to a artist that I admired. And I was embarrassed and I didn't know what to say to him because I don't paint, you know, I, that's not what I do. It's just a hobby. And I hadn't painted in like a decade. And, and you know, uh, and I told him, I don't even know where to start. And he said, you know what, do 100 paintings and then by the end of it, you'll know where to start. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So so it's, it's like that. It's apply for 100 jobs and then, you know, you'll know what you're good at. You'll yeah. know you know, how to interview. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You know, like even with, you know, what you consider a setback or a rejection email or a canned rejection email from a company, you still learn so much in the process, even while you're networking, you know, while you're going through your resume and, you know, maybe making it fit a little bit better and more aesthetically pleasing. You still grow so much during the interview process and the rejection process, which I don't really feel yeah. rejection. But, yeah, you learn a lot. And it's, I think it's a great experience to go through, but you have to not give up and believe in yourself for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. So um, so to, to grown kids, what was that like, you know, um, balancing work and, uh, and raising children? And I know you talk about you're 10 months away from the little one. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's almost like they don't remember that. So that's not that's not where they guilt you later on. It's yeah. later. You know? You're so right. They don't remember that at all. I remember coming home from Afghanistan in 2002 and, and my youngest was, you know, a year maybe. And he didn't want to come to me when I stepped off the plane. I was a stranger to him. I had been gone for six months, and, you know, and they're developing a lot during that time. Um, and it crushed me, but he doesn't remember it, you know. After, you know, the first 10 minutes, he wouldn't leave my side, but those first 10 minutes crushed me, you know. Um, so, yeah, it is so true, though. It, it is hard. It's difficult. I think, I think the balance is never really balanced, you know. It's sometimes you're giving a lot to your, trying to give a lot to your family and your kids, and sometimes you're having to give a little more to work. And, you know, I think both sides kind of suffer sometimes, but it's kind of it's like picking your battles, you know, and trying to do what you can. There's moments, you know, that I've missed out on that. I mean, to this day, I like regret choosing, you know, maybe that work project um, and having less time for them. But there's also some really great moments that we've got to make up with. And, and this job that I was having in the military and having to go be gone from them really helped give them some um some really great experience on how to like take care of yourself when mom's away and, and how to be resilient in those moments. And, and we've tried to make up for it with, you know, other fun trips and stuff. And I really look back and thank them for being so understanding of, of my career because there's times they didn't get to do baseball because I couldn't yeah. leave work to take them to practice or, or games, you know, but, and also I got really lucky finding my best friend and marrying him, you know, yeah. such a helpful balance there too. Yeah, yeah. And I'll share something with you when you talk about balance. I hate the word balance because yeah. balance implies like there's like this one tiny itty bitty spot yeah. where it's balanced. Everything else is out of. So I like harmony. I like harmony in work and life because yeah. there's no balance in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Balance I think that's leading, right? <laughs> I, I do a lot of one or a lot of another and and the best I can do is whatever I'm doing, um, focus on that. Yeah. When I'm with my family, I'm 100% with my family. When I'm at work, I'm 100% with my work. When I'm with my hobbies or whatever else I'm doing, 100% there. And that's the only thing that works for me. 
um, don't like balance at all. So I appreciate you sharing that, you know? Yeah, thank you. I, I as well don't like the word balance. So I love the word harmony. I'm don't, I'm going to steal it from you. <laughs> You're welcome to. I hope everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because harmony, you know, here's the the other thing is that, you know, you look at uh, a symphony and every orchestra plays their own bit and some play a lot, some play a little, some gets highlighted some uh, at some points and yet it all works. Right. That's to me, life is an orchestra, not like a, you know, not a coordination everybody (laughs) doing the same thing at the same time doesn't work that way so um so anyway um tell me what has been your experience working for a quote-unquote tech company coming from military oh gosh yeah it has been such an experience um some moments i would you know be like oh my gosh I'm at Microsoft where I wanted to be. And then, you know, especially the first three to six months, I'd be sitting in meetings and be like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? Like imposter syndrome hit big time. Right. I came from a very like technical background, you know, data analysis and tracking, you know, metadata on devices. But it didn't really translate over into corporate. So uh, especially tech. So it's been really interesting to take. Um skills that I might have had in the military and see how they translate. Um, mm. People at Microsoft are my team and the, and the organization I've been with. And Microsoft writ large have been really great about embracing people coming from the military or the DOD and helping us transition. I've learned so much and I continue to learn that, you know, it was difficult. But, you know, as long as you know that it's going to be a change and not be afraid of it, I think it's OK. You know, you can't you can't fear change. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's tech is a bad space to be if you don't like change. That's so true. <laughs> or, yeah. or military for that matter. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so well, quick question though, you brought up imposter syndrome, and this is something that you know. So you're touching on some amazing points, especially for working women. Uh, you know, the mom guilt. We talked about that a little bit. Um, but you brought up imposter syndrome, and this is something that I hear uh, again and again when I talk about women in tech or women that are career women, right? Um, what helped you get over it? Hmm. I think the background I had in the military, um, you know, I can recognize that an institution I loved and that served me so well and helped me grow up into um, a human being that I, I kind of like right now and is continuing to evolve. Um, but I can also recognize, you know, the failings of an institution like that. Um, there was not a lot of uh, support for females. You know, there was a there there was a glass ceiling that was hard to break. You know, with all the advances that we've made with equality in the military and the government, um, we're still behind. You know, with corporate and tech. Um, so it was interesting coming to tech, um, as a female, um, coming from somewhere where you really had to prove yourself like 20 times more than maybe Mm. a a male counterpart would have to. Right. And you really had to work hard and you really had to make sure your reputation was on the up and up, you know, so you didn't, you just had to be careful about what you were doing, who you were talking to. And you had to always be hypersensitive of that, um, and that was interesting. So coming to Microsoft for me has been eye-opening because I found so many, especially on that email string that we've talked about, the infamous one, yeah. so many great women here in tech 
that have such great diverse backgrounds. I'm so thankful for them to look around and see them because I was like one of one female many times, you know, in austere environments in Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan. And that got hard after a while, you know, looking around and not having somebody to like have like stories and interests with and, and understanding of what, you know, you can go through. But being at Microsoft is really it's been like a breath of fresh air in that regard because I can look around and see more. I, th- I think we have a long way to go, but I think Microsoft is really trying to get there. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, and, and this is what I say to uh, some of my younger colleagues, especially younger male colleagues who expect equality almost like. And, you know, um, listen, it's great. Expectation of equality is great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our children should expect equality. Mm-hmm. So uh, nothing against that. But but the point is, you know, I was in this industry 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I was a young, you know, young, young, 21 year old working at IBM, you know, naive, like didn't know anything. Yeah, I would I would run to the bathroom and have a nice cry some day, <laughs> you know, yeah. just because it was overwhelming. Yeah. But, but the point is, I, and I'm not saying people were mean or bad or whatever, but it was just, it was not a friendly environment for right. somebody. Like, I couldn't talk to anybody, and I, I've been your, in your situation. You're probably a hundred times worse than mine in military, but, you know, I've been the first this, the first female yes. this, first female that so many times. And um, from my perspective, we are so much further And one of the reasons that I even started speaking was because of that, because I didn't have that. Yeah. And and I find that, you know, uh, like I tease my husband about it all the time. I'm married to an American. He he happens to be white. And I was like, he's an an old white guy who can't (laughs) change the face of, you know, the future. I can because, you know, and, and so... Whereas before I would, I would always try to be, um, less feminine, one of the guys. Yep. And yep. now, um, I have a different perspective. So I'd love to hear your uh, views on that. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree, you know, that I, I had those similar things where I had to fit in, be one of the guys, be as tough as them, talk like them, you know, prove myself, you know, and, and just kind of haha at the jokes and stuff that weren't so haha. Um, yeah. and even make fun of myself, you know, um, to try and feel like I, I fit in. It's been, I, I, I live my life because I, I had a rough start as a child and as a teenager. You know, I was lucky that my grandparents took me in, but I live my life thinking, be the woman or the person you needed when you were blank age, right? A 20 year old starting out in the world, a young woman that's, you know, finds herself pregnant and wasn't expecting it or, you know, right. someone who's thinking about, you know, um, getting out of the army, but they don't know what they want to do next. Like, I really want to be that person that I needed or like you needed somebody that was, you could talk to and just have a mentor. And, and so I love that you're doing this because I needed that so much when I was younger. I try to do that for, you know, my friends, my, my kids' friends, you know, if they don't have a great home environment, be the, be the adult that they might need and guidance. So it's been really great to, um, be able to do this. And, yeah. and to talk about my experiences because we all have such different experiences, right? Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see, like, you know, and this might be off topic. I have an identical twin sister, and we are completely different 
grew up completely different. I call her the evil one. Um, How amazing, though. Yeah, yeah, but completely different lives, you know. And it's sad because we didn't grow up together from the time we were little. You know, we've kind of we've kind of found each other here and then over the decades. But um, she let herself become a, a product of environment and ended up making some really bad choices, uh, you know, jail, lots of drugs, you know, kids in foster care now because she just can't get herself set straight. And so it's really interesting seeing the, you know, nature versus nurture and what you can become. And you don't have to become a product of your environment. You can yeah. rise above it. You know, it's all about choices. Um, it's difficult for a, a lot of people to, to overcome that. But it's not impossible, especially if you have people kind of above you or have paved the way a little bit to try and help you pull you up. So. Yeah, and 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 you're right. You know, um, I I think that um, there are, there's a camp that'll tell you, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and then a, a camp that says, well, you know, the system should be ideal. And I think that we live in a world somewhere between those two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that we need both. Yeah. And uh, so I was bowled over when I first onboarded and they gave handed me um you know the the mindfulness and growth mindset and the whole thing. I'm a big fan. Me too. Uh, so you know and I'd read the book before. So um so you you touch on it. So I I love that. Um you know so what would you say to a young person who is you know in 18 and you know Yeah. Kinda, not in a good situation. What would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, if you're not, it's so hard to see beyond that when you're a young person. It's hard to see beyond the immediate future. And I struggled with that and thought I knew everything as a young person. We all, I think we all do that. Like, oh, I know how to do this. But the reality is, is it's hard, you know, and it's challenging. Um, yeah. I think being able to understand where you can go for resources, um, thinking of options that can help you, you know, baby step to your dreams. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed um, yeah. because, when you, you know, you tend to give up when it looks like a mountain way too big to climb. you got to make small hurdle, um, small, small little approachable like wins um, and then, you know, be open. Yeah. Be open. Say yes. You know, you never know what saying yes to an opportunity could get you, what you could learn about yourself and and learn, uh, you know, growing up that you might really like. Um, I do really push, you know, the young people around the neighborhood, even especially girls. I'm like, yeah. what do you think about STEM? Like, what do you think about coding? You know, what do you think about this? I'm like, I'm not super techie coding, but I love it. And I'm learning it on my own, you know, and telling the opportunities out there. And look at the growth. Look at like, you know gosh, what is it out there? All the different HoloLens and all the different really cool things that are coming into fruition and connecting us as a world in tech and how cool it is. So um, fortunately, a lot of them grow up with tech nowadays, so it's not a hard sell, but really getting the girls in STEM is the the where I'm trying to go with them. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So speaking of, I'm going to ask you, you do, um, you do some, uh, charitable work, you mentor. So talk to me about your, uh, what kind of things you do in your yeah. free time. So my free time, which is never <laughs> free, sure, as you know, um, I, uh, I do a lot of parrot rescue and, um, dog rescue. So I, I turned into a rescue fail or what they call a foster fail where I have four parrots, you know, of different sizes and six pugs that are rescues and two labs that are rescues. And if I could take on more, I would. But um, I do do that. I uh, I give through Microsoft Gives to um, a, a specific parrot rescue called the Parrot Rescue of Costa Rica. 
they're U.S. based, but they um, in the in the wild, you know, parrots are captured. People don't understand how to take care of them. Um, they end up in homes or, you know, not in great conditions. And so Costa Rica is a, um, a great place where there's a, a parrot rescue organization there that's doing a lot for wild um, parrots. And there's a lot around the United States that people could get right. to if interested in that. So. Yeah. That's what I uh, that's what I spend my a lot of my time doing and mentoring other military veterans as they transition and look at, you know, different roles and tech and opportunities through the Microsoft Systems and Software Academy. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely share the links for any of these things. And I'll, I'll share that in show notes. Sure. Um, what what would you you know? What is the one like, you know, I, I've heard somebody somebody else ask or if you had a billboard, what would you put on it? But um, I'm not going to steal the thunder. Uh, but what what would you what one message would you give to a person who is listening to this podcast and is, you know, uh, is inspired by you? What one message would you like to tell them? What would you like to share? Um it's kind of a two-parter. It's a, a be kind always, right? Be kind to yourself, to yeah. your partners, you know, to your family, to the stranger that cut you off on the freeway. Because really, don't. It's not worth getting angry. What does that do? It's like drinking poison, you know. So be yeah. kind. Yeah. Be kind always, but um, never give up. You know, never ever give up. You got to believe in yourself as much as you have to be kind to yourself and others. So um, that would be my message. You know, be kind to yourself and, and others in the world and, you know, never give up and just keep trying, you know, keep trying to do something and grow. And you're never going to stop learning. It's amazing to keep learning. I'm 43 and I'm still learning. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And then um, what 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 would you do? Like, what's your your end goal? What would you like the next 10, 20 years to be like? I'm, I really would love to see myself learning and growing within the Microsoft organization even more. Um, you know, I'm 43 and my husband and I talk about uh, like in 10 years, we want to be, you know, our little nest egg is squirreled away with our retirement and we can go travel like we can't travel now with our, our zoo of rescue animals. <laughs> so we have to wait <laughs> until we can. So we're thinking 10, 15 years, you know, work at Microsoft. Um, he's just recently retired from the military and, and he takes care of uh, of the house while I'm trying to work. So it's really helpful. But 10 years, I see myself, you know, with a, a great group of, you know, strong friends and female coworkers and and really making some great changes as we continue to, to really drive Microsoft and tech and life forward for everybody. Um, but yeah, I see myself in 10 years retiring and just traipsing around and visiting and traveling and doing fun things that I've not gotten to do for most of my life. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Is there anything else you want to share with uh, our audiences today? Um, no, I don't think so. I, um, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. I really believe in networking. Um, I really invite people if they want to like learn more or talk more or see more about me to connect with me, see if I can help them, you know, resume reviews or any kind of transitioning or questions about tech in general. I'd love to be a help to anybody that would require it. Wonderful. Yeah, I'll definitely include your LinkedIn uh, profile in the show notes. And yeah, hopefully people will take you up. And uh, yeah, networking is where it's at. So yeah, we can accomplish right. well, something. Can... So... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Finish. Finish. I was gonna say I was. Con I'm convinced we can solve so many of the world's problems just by relationship building. <laughs> I know? 
I agree with you there. I mean, I really do. And, you know, even when I think back to my lowest points, if I had known the right person at that time to help me or lift me up and, you know, it's not never, it's not even like sometimes it's money. It's sometimes it's opportunity, but more than that, it's just knowing the right person. And so, so yeah, Yeah. I totally agree with that. So thank you, Jessica, so much. This was so much fun. Um, Hopefully we'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. It was a really treat, a treat to be here today. I was super excited for it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm going to stop recording. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode and share it with someone you think that'll enjoy it. And do reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. And also, if you would like to, please join my newsletter by visiting www.barkaherman.com. Thank you.